This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Welcome to the show. My name is Adam Retz. I'm so glad uh, you've decided to join us for this tour through public affairs this week. My co-host is Jay Baker. I've got him on the telephone. Hey, Jay, how are you? I'm doing great, Adam, and I am ready to look at the world of uh, public service as only we can. Well, this uh, coming week, we've got a big event happening in Boston. It's the Boston Marathon. Uh, I will not be running in it. Are you uh, a participant by chance? Not this time around. No, uh, the 26.2 miles in Boston's not uh, not on your list of things to do this month, is it? Uh, well, you and I have both run marathons, and we both admitted later that uh, the marathon is not for the meek. It, uh, it'll, it'll tear you up. It really takes a toll on your body. I can tell you uh, this wasn't even the point of why I brought up the Boston Marathon, but uh, now we've pivoted into a, a little health awareness. Um, I've run two marathons. They were over 20 years ago. And one of my biggest regrets of my entire life is running that second marathon because I hurt my hip and it's never been the same. So my advice uh, to non-professional amateur runners is really, you know, know what you're doing and know what you're getting into. I, I, I trained enough, I, I, but you know what? I'm a big guy and I, my joints and bones were not meant for 26.2 miles. Uh, so if you're a former college football player, uh, you might not want to go run out, uh, go run 26 miles today. Um, no, my hip no, no. Uh, has never been the same. So uh, you know, there's a reason why the marathon uh, winners are 5'11", 102 pounds. <laughs> so if you're not 5'11", 102 pounds, really think long and hard about how much damage you want to do to your joints and body running 26 miles on the pavement. Uh, so anyway, yeah. there, there's a little side public service announcement for my fellow former tight ends. <laughs> yes, uh, it's daunting. But anyway, so so Monday, October 11th is the Boston Marathon this year. And uh, last time they ran the marathon, which was in 2019, obviously it was canceled for 2020, uh, it raised over $38 million for charity. So when you think about these uh, marathons around the country, uh, first and foremost, you think about the health and fitness aspect of running 26 miles, where most of them are set up to raise money in some form or fashion for a charitable, uh, you know, uh, influence. And uh, the Boston Marathon, uh, 2019, a race record 38.7 million dollars was raised for charity, uh, which surpassed the previous fundraising record of 38.4 million, which was set uh, five years earlier in 2014. And for this year, for the 2021 Boston Marathon, according to Boston.com, there are 41 official charity teams associated with the Boston Marathon. Everything from the American Liver Foundation to Tufts Medical Center. So whether you're running or not, if you want to get involved in um, 
donate to one of these charities that supports the Boston Marathon, you can do so. Uh, maybe just search out boston.com and uh, do a key search for the Boston Marathon on that website, and you'll be able to find the Boston Athletic Association's 41 official charities. And uh, some of them that just pop off the list, uh, we mentioned the American Liver Foundation. You've got the American Red Cross of Massachusetts, Back on My Feet, Boston. Uh, There's a lot of uh, girls and boys clubs uh, affiliation here. Um, Children's Hospitals, Impact Melanoma, uh, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, uh, the Metro West YMCA, uh, and about 30-plus other charitable donations, or charitable organizations, rather, that are officially involved with the uh, 2021 Boston Marathon. So, if you're like Jay and myself, past our prime, and we're not going to go run 26.2 miles on October 11th in the city of Boston, maybe you can still get involved and uh, give to some of their charities through the website boston.com. Uh, when was the last time you ran a, a marathon? I know you were a big cyclist. You've, you know, you know, you're yeah. known to go cycle for like a hundred miles. Yeah, I like to go off and just disappear on a bike. But uh, the last time I ran a marathon, I'd have to double check, but I think it was 2014. Oh, that's fairly recent. Yeah, I ran the one that was in uh, downtown Indianapolis, and they call it the Monumental because it uh, goes all around the city and goes by some of the cool monuments, cool neighborhoods, and they route you through downtown. And and it was a, it was a tremendous uh, experience. It just the last two miles just really really made me reassess twenty six point two. Now, if the race had been twenty four point two, my report back to you would be, my goodness, it wasn't that fun. However, the last two miles were far, far, far from fun. Well, if you're if you're doing uh, your first marathon this year, the the one thing somebody told me that I I knew going in, but it really didn't hit me until it happened, is that when you get to the twenty mile marker, that's when you're you're head plays games with you because you hit 20 you go from 19 to 20 and mentally you think i'm almost done i just hit 20 miles but you still have six miles left and you know the average person just isn't going to go out and run six miles and i don't care how much you've trained running six miles after you've just done 20 is a daunting task so uh for our friends that are going to run their first marathon be mentally prepared for that physical letdown when you hit the 20-mile mark and realize you still have six miles left. And now, according to well, Jay Baker, when you hit 24 miles, <laughs> that's, what that's your when your body is going to fall apart because you still have two miles left. <laughs> no, your brain doesn't play tricks on you. It just packs it in. <laughs> Though I I made the last 2.2 miles, but it, it was uh, – it was uh, a little bit of an effort uh thankfully there's people along the course that go you can do it because i certainly was convinced oh no i can't but yeah <laughs> a lot of people do it as a bucket list thing and and we are not necessarily dissuading you from it but one of the things during your training program for a full marathon is they usually ask you to run uh, a couple of half marathons uh, competitively, if you can, to give yourself sort of a feel for race pace. And I have found that the half marathon, 13.1 mile race, 
is kind of fun. A lot of communities do them. Uh, the one that I ran was down in Jasper, Indiana, and that's kind of a historic uh, city in Indiana. And it has uh, actual hills, which is unlike parts of other other parts of Indiana. So the the marathon, the half marathon was was picturesque and kind of challenging in spots. So I kind of really enjoyed that. So if you're looking for a bucket list running event that won't totally uh, crash your bones and your knees, half marathon, I still highly recommend. And. You just reminded me of this. You want to do your research. If you're traveling to do a marathon outside of a city that you live in, uh, do a little research to find out what you're getting into. If you have never been uh, in the Mountain West and you've decided to do a a marathon near there, uh, just realize there's going to be a lot of hills that maybe (laughs) your your legs weren't counting on. Uh, The famous story... Uh, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. You know how I, I get stories like 82% right? Um, yeah. This is a story, and I'll be 82% right here. It's a story about comedian um, Will Ferrell running a marathon. Have you heard his marathon story? I have not. Okay, I'm going to give it to you, and I'll be 82, 82% right. So he you know, obviously has the means to travel, and he was researching where to go run a marathon, and he asked his you know agent or whatever find me a marathon in the flattest location possible because i don't want to run any hills i don't want to run up a hill or even down a hill <laughs> i want the flat and you know and we're not talking like uh, america uh kansas or nebraska we're, we're talking he's got the financial means to go anywhere so he instructed his agent or his friend to go find him the flattest marathon on earth so it was somewhere in uh, Southern Europe, and it was during some certain time of the year, whatever. So he signs up for that marathon. He goes to it without ever researching the weather or the weather report. Uh-huh. And that day for that marathon, it was 110 degrees. Whoa! <laughs> so it's like you got to know what you're getting into. Maybe you don't like to run hills. Maybe maybe you don't want to run in 110 degree weather either. So No. And that story was, uh, as all stories are on the Adam Rich Show, 82% correct. <laughs> all right, what's well, happening in your world? Well, you know, this is the time of year where everything is pumpkin spiced and you get excited about it. Uh, I know, Adam, you probably have some of your favorite pumpkin spice uh, items that you truly enjoy. I know famously the coffee places really start getting busy in October. So uh, you don't need this program to tell you it's pumpkin spice time, but it is it is that time of year again, as they say. I had my first pumpkin spice item last Sunday at a, an NFL cookout, and it was some sort of cookie sandwich with uh, a cream in the middle. And I'm not a big pumpkin spice fan, but I'm going to tell you, it was delicious. I did like it. Oh, yeah. Pumpkin spice is great. Uh, A couple of quick items before we jump into some of our public affairs stuff. Uh, I didn't know if you saw this, but it made the Twitter world explode. Uh, Netflix announced that they were going to have a sequel to the Tiger King. There will be a Tiger King 2. And I don't know. I don't get into every television phenom, but I will tell you, Tiger King was 
compelling and maybe not in the most positive way. I don't know if you saw it or know anything about it. I know very little. I did not see it. Uh, I could. Uh, I, I know the guy's picture. Uh, I think he's in prison. Uh, he wants to get out, and there's some other stuff about it that I don't really know. Uh, and I'm, well, so I'll probably I'm going to I'm going to skip the sequel if you don't mind. <laughs> no, I, I, I I'm with you. I think you kind of summed it up. I, I think he's in prison. Well, that is correct. He is in prison. So that should tell you all you need to know about the original Tiger King. But the original Tiger King was one of those can't look away kind of entertainment uh, things. And so if you are so inclined, a Tiger King 2 is arriving. And of course, uh, we've talked a little bit about streaming services, which became very big during the pandemic. We're still sort of suffering the back end effects of the pandemic, depending on where you hear this program. There's a lot of people staying at home and you do have to sort of, you know, see where your level of comfort exists for going to movies and things of that nature. But the streaming services, I call it a streaming service range war as each streaming service tries to outdo itself. And then, of course, as you might imagine, that gets intensified at the beginning of each month. Uh, there's all kinds of new movies, depending on whether you have Hulu or Amazon Prime or Netflix or Disney Plus. So no matter what your streaming service is, the next couple of weeks, you're going to notice a bunch of great new programs. I did just hear today, as a matter of fact, that there's a new Boba Fett series coming on Disney Plus. Yeah, uh, I believe it starts in December, so I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, and Disney Plus famously had Loki that they've done extremely well with, which is a spin off from the Marvel Comics universe. Yeah. And you know, so uh, Disney Plus is great for all things Marvel universe esque. Uh, speaking of returning, Adam, get ready. The McRib sandwich returns to McDonald's on November first. Oh. I know so many people that are going to be happy about that. <laughs> you know, that's, it makes just as many people as unhappy as happy. Happy because McDonald's just really is a genuine limited item. The sort of unhappy people are the ones that kind of say, yeah, counterintuitively, it's a little too good and probably not a great sandwich for you. But yes, McRib returns uh, and its reputation precedes itself. And that's uh, November 1st when it comes back? Yep. The, the right. McDonald's is billing it as McRib 11.1. It's really surprising to me that it goes away. I mean, there's enough people that that love that sandwich. Yeah. I, I'm not well, one of them, but I, I would assume, I mean, it can't take much to make a million of those and freeze them. <laughs> yeah. I just, for whatever reason, I think that they've handled it like almost close to perfect with having it available and then pulling it off the menu so that just enough people uh, get a nostalgia for the McRib, whether that's merited or not. And then when it gets re-released, it's like, hey, we got to rush down to Mickey D's and yeah. take care of it. You know, I guess it would not sell as much if they had it on full time. I, I totally get that. <laughs> I, I, and I respect that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, of course, here's a study that flies in the face of the McRib reissue. A new study 
in the United Kingdom has linked children's mental well-being to higher fruit and veggie consumption. And the study said up front, look, this is kind of a duh. We already know that uh, fruit and vegetable intake is very good for the human body. But what they liked the best was this was linked specifically to children's mental well-being and how well they did in school. So the precursor or, or the, what they were really looking at is, uh, is this going to not only be a positive for your child, but have some merit in school performance? And they found that it did indeed uh, increase uh, children's uh, well-being in school. Now, they should have done the study with, so this is how they perform in school after consuming fruits and vegetables. They should have done it the other way around and let them perform in school and then tell them, if you if you get a good grade, you can have as much chocolate as you want. <laughs> then, then the consumption would, uh, the study would have been turned upside down. Is that no, the Adam Ritz study? I, nobody wants a papaya and a, and a banana uh, as Come a reward after they get an A plus on a test. You know, give me a Twix. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, here was one of the interesting uh, responses. Uh, the One of the things that they found in this study is they purposely had some kids skip breakfast, gave them an energy drink, and then went to go see how well they did on tests. And they actually performed uh, the most poor in the group. They were down like three points overall. And the reason why that was an important thing was the skip breakfast drink and energy drink is pretty much 40% of the American university student base. So the study kind of says, hey, you do yourself no favor if that's sort of your uh, prescribed breakfast. That And that's telling me a lot because uh, I know a lot of uh, people in my life now that skip breakfast and have an energy drink before they go to work. Sure. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, they're, they're running uh, at, a, at a much lower mental capacity, I think, through until they have lunch, until they have some lunch. So Absolutely. Uh, I might so, even fall uh, into that category. There's a lot of times where I, I won't have breakfast. I just wait for lunch. Uh, thankfully, I'm not putting the rocket fuel energy drinks in my system, but um, yeah, okay, so I hear you. I get you, Jay. I'll, I might uh, partake of the fruit and veggie breakfast uh, a little more often now. Well, that's the reason why I say at the convenience store, there's a reason that one of the coolers, possibly two, is completely full of energy drinks. They're very popular. I'm not, I'm not saying they don't have a spot, but one for breakfast without food may not be your best bet. Uh, here was uh, a good, uh, this is something that is right up your alley in Marshallton, Iowa. A family created the Misfits, that's M-Y-S-F-I-T-S, farm, Misfits Farm Haunted Barn. This is a family that loved putting together little impromptu Halloween displays in their garage. They used to have dozens of their neighbors stop by and see what crazy thing they were doing each year. They finally bought a family farm and they convert uh, the barn on the property to the haunted barn and they give all the money that they raise to charity. I love that story. The last three weeks in October, it's been bigger each year. Last year, they had over 600 visitors that gave $5 each, and they donated that to the Marshalltown's Animal Rescue League. 
In the past, they've given to uh, the school system and boys and girls clubs. But uh, it's pretty cool. And then, of course, the family throughout the year, and I was thinking of you when I read this, they actually look for different props that they can use in the haunted barn throughout the year at uh, different, you know, uh, garage sales and uh, flea markets and things like that. So they take it pretty seriously. I mean, if you're at a flea market and you see a bear trap for $2, that yeah. that becomes a pretty exciting Halloween prop in your haunted barn. Well, this family, what got them started, the reason why they knew they were on to something, uh, their son, uh, they always had a little display in their garage on Halloween, but the son got the bright idea. Why not take the legs from an old pair of jeans, cut them off about knee high, stuff them with some uh, newspaper, put tennis shoes on the bottom of the jeans, then uh, get some red paint, and then make the jeans legs come out from underneath the closed garage door. Now, you're thinking to yourself, well, that's kind of a clever little Halloween uh, display. Apparently, the local police showed up because one of the neighbors (laughs) reported there were two bloody legs protruding from the garage door. Uh-huh. <laughs> so this family knew they were destined for a Halloween show business. You know, we're going to have to do some follow-up reports. Uh, every year, there's some national stories of Halloween uh, decorations gone wrong, and neighborhood associations try to get the freaky family in the neighborhood to take down their decorations because they're just yes. too scary or just too gory. <laughs> so, some, you know, my kids and I have always been fans of Halloween, we have bloody body parts in in our house. Uh, even when the kids were little, it didn't it didn't scare them. It didn't bother them. Uh, well, you just can't put a bloody stump out on your front yard because <laughs> the, the family down the street that's really strict with their kids may not uh, appreciate it. So uh, we will definitely follow up with some Halloween yard displays gone wrong uh, as the month of October grows. By the way, happy uh, October! This is our first uh, show of the month. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I really do enjoy fall, and I think October is a lot of fun. And, of course, it ends Mm -hmm. with Halloween, which is always a blast. The IRS just recently expanded rules to enable individuals and businesses to give to charity. Before, in the past, if you took the standard deduction, like many Americans do, you couldn't take off for uh, charitable giving. However, now you can take the standard deduction and take up to $300 in qualifying organization. Uh, if, if you give to a qualifying organization, uh, please ask your tax preparer. Uh, don't take our word for this, but I thought that that was good that the IRS is now making it easier for Americans to give. For sure. Very good. Here's a shout out to Food City, one of the best named grocery stores in the world. Food City just recently gave $80,000 to the Coalition for Kids. That's a children's nonprofit in Tennessee that helps schools create programs for children. And uh, Food City uh, giving $80,000 to that charity is pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, And what is the Coalition for Kids? It's the Coalition for Kids. In uh, what part of the world? Did you say Memphis? It's in Johnson City, Tennessee. I was I had the Tennessee right. I don't know why. Uh, I heard Johnson City. Johnsonville or Johnson City? Uh, Johnson City. <laughs> now I'm thinking of Johnsonville <laughs> Johnson Brats. City. I went to yeah, Johnsonville well, Brats. 
It does. Uh, it makes you hungry. It makes you think of cookouts. Well, Food City has famously been associated with NASCAR for quite a while. And, and just when I say one of the better names, I love grocery stores that have evocative names. And Food City to me is like, well, heck yeah, I want to go to Food City. Are you kidding me? Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, food, Food King, Food Mart. Uh, what were they rating at the end of Animal House? They're rating, they're leading uh, they, the, food, the Food King. Food King, yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> when we were in college, that's what we'd always mention. Oh, we called the gosh. grocery store Food King no matter what. Nothing for me, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wasn't that great? All right, so oh. 80 grand. That is that is top notch. Food City giving 80 grand to the Coalition for Kids. That's in Johnson City, Tennessee. Now, uh, of course, you're going to want to go out and see some fall foliage, and that's what country living dot com has a 2021 fall foliage map it's uh with links to some interactive predictive max maps as well so that you can go out and see fall colors are you a go out and see fall colors kind of guy you know i i really am i really enjoy seeing the change uh and then at the height that that one week whenever it is it's always different every year but when you get the most colors uh, I love watching college football and seeing different parts of the country because their leaves change at different times. So they always have the, the bumper view before they go to commercials or whatever where they show the campus and all the leaves. Uh, I've always wanted to make a fall annual trip, to, you know, just a three-day weekend to a log cabin somewhere, uh, and i just never done it. And every time I think of doing it, it's too late and all the log cabins are booked up. So... One of these years in the spring, when nobody else is thinking about it, I'm gonna I'm gonna book a log cabin in mid to late October, uh, somewhere in uh, southern Michigan, and uh, and go look at the fall leaves and enjoy a campfire. And yeah, I'm a big fan of the colors. And also make sure you pick a, a cabin that isn't next to uh, uh, you know a summer camp where Jason killed all the kids. That's uh, oh wait, I'm mixing and matching. What you're mixing, uh, although that is October. <laughs> Uh, those are two different websites. We should have uh, the fall foliage map should have uh, also maps of of horrendous uh, <laughs> summer camp uh, disasters. <laughs> what was Jason's summer camp that it had a specific? It was name, Camp didn't? Crystal Lake. Oh, Camp Crystal Lake! Yeah. That's the best place to get a cabin, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, their fall foliage it's all red. All those leaves are red. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, the Ryder Cup uh, has pretty much wrapped up. But, uh, you know, you, we were talking about how sometimes, you know, like the Boston Marathon generates a tremendous amount of money for charity. The U.S. Ryder Cup since 1999 has given away $28.6 million to more than 200 charities. So it's not just about golf. And the prestige of America versus European rivals, but it's also about charitable gift giving. And each member of the Ryder Cup gets to select $100,000 to give to the charity of their choice. That's very cool. Uh, and I love the sporting events, like we mentioned with the Boston Marathon, that right off the tip of your tongue, you think of the sport and the physical activity. Uh, but a very close second, and maybe even the main reason for these events, is to raise money and awareness for charities and foundation. I love that. Yeah, I meant to get this to you last week, but Shepherd's Hope, which is a Central Florida 
uh, medical clinic, which uh, is able to provide expense-free medical treatment for poor and uninsured uh, Central Floridians, is going to auction off a 28.8 carat bracelet this weekend at their masquerade ball. Now, its appraised value is $103,000, but the bidding will start at $50,000. And uh, I thought that was just great. Uh, Shepherd's Hope, I, I thought I had the family name here, but it is the main charity of a very well-to-do family in Central Florida, which dedicated uh, all of their, uh, their largesse to Central Florida uh, different uh, philanthropic concerns. And uh, this is supposedly the most expensive item that has ever been auctioned off for a uh, for a charity. That's fantastic, Shepherd's Hope. Now, that's not in conjunction with the U.S., with the Ryder Cup. That's a separate No, item. no, no. This is this okay. is a, a different item. And then I do, I did have the note here. It's the Henson family of Central Florida, so H-I-N-S-O-N family. And uh, Mrs. Henson, the matriarch of the family, helps hand select the uh, 28.8 carat bracelet. That's about right. If you are doing some early Christmas shopping and you're wondering what size bracelet, what size bracelet, diamond, diamond bracelet for your significant other, Adam and I have always said that 28.8 carats is, is a good starting point. That's a good place to start, and, uh, and we wish you the best of luck. Uh, uh, Jay, very interesting. Thank you so much. Uh, I'll start saving now so I can uh, at least hit the, 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 bit, the opening bid of 50K uh, for that almost 30-carat diamond bracelet. This is The Adam Rich Show. We thank you for listening. You can join me on Twitter at Adam Ritz. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at Vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit AdamRitzShow.com.